Hello, Mrs. Piggle Wiggle. Three, the bully. Nicholas Semicolon was ten years old. He was a husky boy, very strong and large for his age. All parents like to have large, healthy children, and Mr. and Mrs. Semicolon would have been very proud of Nicholas, except for one thing, one shameful thing. Nicholas was a bully. He hit children littler than he was. He teased and hit girls. He teased and hit puppy dogs. He scared cats. He even threw stones at birds. And once he tipped over a stroller of a one-year-old baby left outside the grocery store. For a long time, Mister and Missus Semicolon didn't know about Nicholas. They knew he was a large boy. They knew his friendship with other children didn't last very long. They knew that he had not been asked to several birthday parties. But they thought that Nicholas was big and strong and handsome, and needed older, more intelligent children to play with. In fact, just the night before the story opens, after Nicholas had kicked the cat, stepped on Josephine, the dog's tail, and gone swaggering up to bed, Mrs. Semicolon said to Mr. Semicolon, "Forthright, have you noticed how fine and big and strong little Nicky has grown?" Mr. Semicolon, who was reading about stocks and bonds in the evening paper, said, "Sure outgrows his shoes fast. Two new pairs last month." "I know," said Mrs. Semicolon dreamily. "His feet are just enormous. They're almost as big as yours." "Good," said Mr. Semicolon, brightening. "Maybe he can wear those oxblood brogues I got in Chicago last winter." They never did fit, and I paid a lot of money for them. Do boys wear brogues? Asked Mrs. Semicolon. What difference does it make? Said Mr. Semicolon. Their shoes and they're new. After all, Abe Lincoln went barefoot. But forthright, dear," said Mrs. Semicolon anxiously. "Nicky is a patrol boy. He needs new patrol boots." Nonsense," said Mr. Semicolon. "Boys." Need shoes, and shoes are shoes. They are only meant to keep your feet off the cold ground. The next morning, rather hesitantly, Mrs. Semicolon went into Nicholas's room carrying the large, sturdy brogues. She said, "Look what Daddy got in Chicago, dear." Nicholas took one of the shoes, examined it carefully, and then, to his mother's surprise, said, "Zowie, what strong shoes! Can I wear 'em to school today?" I was thinking more on Sunday for Sunday school," said his mother. "But I guess one day at school won't matter." Nicholas was still in his pajamas, slipped a bare foot into one of the shoes. He smiled happily. "Kind of big, but boy, they're strong and heavy." Mrs. Semicolon heaved a sigh of relief and went downstairs to make the pancakes. When Nicholas came clumping into the breakfast, Mister Semicolon said, "New shoes, huh, son?" Yeah," said Nicholas. "New and strong. I bet if I kicked with these old shoes, it would just about break somebody's leg." Mister Semicolon, who was reading the paper and not listening to him, said, "Hmm." Missus Semicolon, who was turning the pancakes, said, "How many sausages, Nicky dear? Ten sausages and fourteen pancakes," said Nicholas, gulping down his orange juice. My, what a big, strong, hungry boy you are," said his mother happily. Then breakfast was over, and Nicholas had gone clumping off to school. 
in his new shoes that really didn't fit, and Mr. Semicolon had left for the office in his new shoes that did, and Mrs. Semicolon poured herself a hot cup of coffee and sat down at the telephone to call up her friends. She had finished talking to Mary Hacks when the telephone rang. It was little Roscoe, Eager's mother, and she was so mad she was choking. She said, Charlotte Semicolon, if you don't do something about that big bully, I'm going to call the sheriff. What big bully? asked Mrs. Semicolon innocently. What big bully? shrieked Mrs. Eager. You know perfectly well what big bully. I don't either, said Mrs. Semicolon. I don't know any big bullies. Oh, yes, you do, said Mrs. Eager, because the big, the biggest and meanest, cruelest bully in the whole United States is your own son, Nicholas Semicolon. You mean my Nicky, said Mrs. Semicolon. Yes, your Nicky, said Mrs. Eager. This morning, on his way to school, he kicked little Roscoe in the shins with his big new shoes, and now Roscoe is home, lying on the Davenport with bandages clear up to his knees, and his legs are still bleeding, and for all I know, both leg bones are shattered. How horrible, wailed Mrs. Semicolon. How terrible. Shall I call the doctor? I already have, said Mrs. Eager coldly. He's on his way over. But what I want to know is what you intend to do about Nicholas. I'll punish him, of course, said Mrs. Semicolon, but I just can't understand it. It doesn't sound a bit like Nicky. But it does, said Mrs. Eager. It sounds exactly like him, hitting children littler than he is, kicking dogs, jerking toys away from babies, tipping over little girls' tricycles, pulling cats' tails. Now I have to go. I hear Roscoe moaning for me. Jessie, dear, I'm so sorry, said Mrs. Semicolon. I'll come right over and bring some coloring books and some sugar cookies I baked yesterday. At first, after she hung up the phone, Mrs. Semicolon cried a little. Then she remembered the new brogues, blew her nose, wiped her eyes, and called Mr. Semicolon. When he answered, she said angrily, Well, I hope you're happy. About what? he asked. Mrs. Semicolon began to cry. It's those darned old brogues that didn't fit Nicky anyway, she sobbed. What in the world is the matter? asked Mr. Semicolon. So Mrs. Semicolon told him about Mrs. Eager's telephone call. Mrs. Semicolon said, It never would have happened if it hadn't been for those brogues. I'm going to give them to Goodwill. Mr. Semicolon said, Listen to me, Charlotte, dear. It is not the shoes that are at fault. It's Nicky. After all, the shoes didn't grab his feet and force to kick the boy. No, I guess not, sniffed Mrs. Semicolon. Well, then, said Mr. Semicolon, the important thing is not the kind of shoes he kicked with. It is the fact that he kicked, and a little boy smaller than him. Isn't that right, dear? Yes, said Mrs. Semicolon. Well, then, said Mr. Semicolon, when young Nicholas comes home from school, you send him up to his room and to think over, and I will deal with him when I come home. Then Mrs. Semicolon remembered about kicking the dog, jerking toys away from the babies, tipping over little girls' tricycles, pulling cats' tails. So she said, But kicking with the brogues isn't the only thing forthright. Mrs. Eager also told me, and she told him all the rest of Nicholas's bad habits.
When she had finished, Mr. Semicolon said, I won't have a bully for a son. I think I'll go over to the school right now and deal with that young man. What will you do? asked Mrs. Semicolon faintly. There was a pause, quite a long pause on the other end of the wire. Then Nicky's father said, Why don't you call Mrs. Piggle Wiggle? Oh, forthright, how clever of you, said Nicholas's mother. I'll call her right away. She'll know just what to do. She always does. A few minutes later, Mrs. Piggy Wiggle, who was out in her backyard gathering hazelnuts for her two gray squirrels, Taylor and Filbert, heard the telephone ring. When she picked it up and said hello, the voice on the other end was so sad, ashamed, when it said, Hello, Mrs. Piggle Wiggle, that she knew at once who it was. Then Mrs. Semicolon started to tell her about Nicky's kicking and hitting and jerking and pushing and tripping little children. But Mrs. Piggle Wiggle said in her very gentlest voice, I know, Mrs. Semicolon, you don't have to tell me. I know all about it. Do you mean the other mothers have called you up? asked Mrs. Semicolon. No, no, said Mrs. Piggle Wiggle. But Nicky has been coming over here to play for a long time. I've watched him grow from a rather sickly, weak child into a fine, strong, healthy boy. You should be proud of him, Mrs. Semicolon. I was, said Mrs. Semicolon, until this morning. Now, after what I've heard, I wish he was sickly and weak still. Not really, said Mrs. Piggle Wiggle. It's much nicer to have a fine, healthy son. Easier, too. All you want is to have Nicky behave in as fine and as strong a way as he looks. What I don't understand, said Mrs. Semicolon, is why Nicky should act in this dreadful way he does. Neither his father nor I were ever bullies, and we have never bullied him. Of course you haven't, said Mrs. Piggy Wiggle. Neither have I, but he acts the same way down here. And if it is any comfort to you, so did Billy Mackintosh, until last week when his mother gave him bully baths. What in the world are they? asked Mrs. Semicolon. They are just evening baths with a little weakening powder sprinkled in them. With each bath, the bully gets weaker and weaker until finally, as in the case of Billy Mackintosh, his two-year-old brother could push him down and sit on him. Is he all right now? asked Mrs. Semicolon. Just fine, says Mrs. Piggy Wiggle. How wonderful, said Mrs. Semicolon. Shall I start the bully baths tonight? I was just thinking, said Mrs. Piggy Wiggle. In the case of Nicholas, I'm not sure the bully baths would be the right cure. But why? asked Mrs. Semicolon. They worked with Billy Mackintosh. I know they did, said Mrs. Pigglewiggle. But Billy Mackintosh has little sisters and brothers. No, I think that Nicholas would be better off with leadership pills. Leadership pills? asked Mrs. Semicolon. What are they? Just little green pills that taste like peppermint said Mrs. Picklewiggle, but they bring out wonderful hidden qualities of leadership, especially in only children. Does Nicholas have a playroom or a place where he can bring his friends? Well, he has a very nice bedroom, said Mrs. Semicolon. I'm sure he has, said Mrs. Picklewiggle. 
but I was thinking more of a place in the cellar or garage or even a tent house in the backyard. Oh, I know, I know, said Mrs. Semicolon excitedly. There's a little old studio out in the back. It has, it was built for an artist brother of the people who used to live here. We've used it for a garage and to place to put our garden tools and peat moss and the lawnmower and once Nicholas kept a rabbit there but we could move the garden tools into the cellar and I could have it all fixed up for Nicholas. Mrs. Pigglewiggle said, why not let Nicholas fix it up himself? Do you think he could? asked Mrs. Semicolon. Let's wait and see how the leadership pills work, said Mrs. Pigglewiggle. If you will send Nicholas over when he comes home from school, and I'll give him a little bottle to bring home. Give him one pill every day for a week, but don't expect miracles. The qualities of leadership are not something you attain overnight. Keep in touch and don't worry. The very first thing Mrs. Semicolon did after she had hung up the phone was to go out in the yard and look at the old studio. It was a late autumn, almost winter, and the little old path that led from the back porch past the parsley patch around the chrysanthemum bed under the Gravenson apple tree, around the strawberry barrel past the compost pile and the chestnut tree under which was nestled the old studio, was ankle-deep in leaves. They made a nice crumpling newspaper sound as Mrs. Semicolon walked through them. The little old studio needed a coat of paint and the porch was sagging. The front door was hard to open. Inside was the usual gardener's litter. Spilled peat moss, empty buckets, coffee cans half filled with bone meal and lime, a broken bamboo rake, the power mower, empty seed packets, empty flower pots, Nicky's first little bicycle, his last big bicycle, and a Christmas tree stand. Mrs. Semicolon looked around her and sighed. She wondered if she shouldn't forget what Mrs. Pigglewiggle had said and have old Mac, the handyman, clean the place up. Then she heard the phone ringing, and it was Mr. Semicolon wanting to know if she had gotten hold of Mrs. Pigglewiggle and what she had said, and she had just finished talking to him when Roscoe's mother called to say that the doctor said he was just bruised, and then by the time she had tidied up the house, and had a sandwich, it was 3.30 and almost time for Nicky to come home from school. She fixed a plate of sugar cookies and a glass of milk and a big shiny red apple and put them on the kitchen table. Then she went upstairs and washed her face and combed her hair and put on her grocery store skirt and sweater. She was just finishing her shopping list when she heard a commotion out in the street. She ran to the front window just in time to see Nicky lift his geography book high over the head and bring it down clunk on the skinny little eight-year-old back of Sylvia Crouch. Quickly, Mrs. Semicolon rapped on her window and called out, Nicky Semicolon, stop this minute. Nicky glanced at his mother, then lifted the book up for another blow. Mrs. Semicolon dashed out of the house, grabbed the book, and said, Aren't you ashamed of yourself, a big boy like you hitting a little girl? Well, she started it, said Nicky. I did not either, Sylvia shrieked. You took the apple away from my little sister, and you pulled my hair. Mrs. Semicolon said, Nicholas, give Sylvia back her little sister's apple at once.
I can't, Nicola said, smiling sheepishly. I ate it. All right, then, said his mother. March right into the kitchen and get the apple I put out for you and give it to Sylvia. Slowly, reluctantly, Nicholas went in and got the apple, but instead of handing it to Sylvia, he threw it at her hard. It hit her in the stomach. There's your old apple, he said, laughing. Mrs. Semicolon grabbed him by the shoulders and shaking him said, Nicholas, Semicolon, apologize to Sylvia and then go right up to your room at once. Nicholas, not looking at all sorry, said, "Ah, I'm sorry, I guess, but I hope your ugly little sister chokes on the apple. Mrs. Semicolon grabbed his arm and hustled him into the house. She was just sending him up to his room when she remembered about Mrs. Pigglewiggle and the leadership pill. She said, Go out and get in the car. We're going to the store, and then we're going to stop by Mrs. Pigglewiggle for a minute. In the grocery store, Nicholas pushed the basket, and Mrs. Semicolon chose the groceries. They got along very well until Mrs. Semicolon left him and the basket up by the dog food while she went to find the garlic salt. She was on her way back when she heard a child crying. She hurried to where she left Nicholas and found him pushing his heavy loaded basket as hard as he could into almost empty basket of a little boy not more than six. The little boy was crying. Nicholas was laughing and getting ready to hit him again with a basket and give it a mighty shove when a firm hand grabbed him by the collar and sent him sprawling into the Mitty Pup dog food. One can of Mitty Pup hit him on the head. Another landed on his toe. Another cracked him on the wrist. Ouch! he yelled. Look out what you're doing. I know what I'm doing, said his mother. Now stand up and see if you have broken any of the poor little boy's mummy's eggs. Sulkily, Nicholas got to his feet, limped over to the open box of eggs. Three were cracked. Mrs. Semicolon gave the little boy her box of eggs and took the, tra the cracked ones. Then she made Nicholas apologize and with his own allowance buy the little boy a box of animal crackers. She didn't let him out of her sight after that until she got to Mrs. Pigglewiggle's house. Then she waited in the car while he went in to get the leadership pills. The yard, the front porch, in fact, Mrs. Pigglewiggle's whole house was alive with children. They were swinging, digging, sewing, building paintings, singing, teeter-tottering, all busy and happy until Nicholas opened the gate. The first thing they did was deliberately to bump into the tip over a little boy on his bicycle. Then he stepped on the fingers of a little girl sitting on the steps playing jacks. His mother was glad to see that when he came out of the house with a bottle of pills, the little girl who had been playing jacks hit him with a big stick and then ran into the house and slammed the door. Nicholas stared after her, but his mother honked the horn and shouted at him to come and get into the car. On the way home, she told him how disgracefully he was acting, but he only hummed and smiled and acted very unsorry. She gave him one of the leadership pills even before she unpacked the groceries and sent him up to his room to study his geography and think about the loathsome actions he had done. She also told him to take off his brogues and put on his bedroom slippers. He said, I like these big new shoes. They kick hard. 
Well, at dinner that night, even though his mother kept looking at him hopefully, there was not much evidence of leadership on Nicholas's part, unless you can call being the first at the table eating the most leadership. However, he didn't step on Josephine's tail, and he didn't kick the cat, and he did walk quietly in his bedroom slippers. Mrs. Semicolon was drinking her second cup of coffee when she suddenly remembered poor little Roscoe in the crayons, coloring book, and cookies she had promised him. She called Mrs. Eager to see if Roscoe was still awake, and when she found he was, she put the things in a basket and was just putting on her coat when Nicholas said, Let me take the things over, mother. Knowing how Mrs. Eager felt about him, and also realizing that Mr. Eager who was noted for his violent temper, was home, she said, "'Are you sure you want to?' "'Yes,' said Nicholas, in a strange, quiet voice. "'I'll go change my shoes.' After he had left with the basket, Mrs. Semicolon said, "'Forthright, I'm worried. I know that it's right that Nicky should take those things to Roscoe and apologize, but I'm worried about Hilton Eager. You know what a terrible temper he has. What if he should hit Nicholas?' "'Serve Nicky right,' said Mr. Semicolon, unfeelingly. "'I suppose you're right,' said Mrs. Semicolon, in a worried voice. She cleared the table, washed the dinner dishes, fed the cat, fed Josephine, wrote a note to the milkman, and mended a tear in Nicholas's play jacket. Nicky still hadn't come home. She and Mr. Semicolon played a game of cribbage. Mrs. Semicolon usually beat him, all to pieces, but to-night she was so worried she couldn't count. Finally, Mr. Semicolon said, Come, come, Charlotte. Stop worrying. Nicky's all right. But what about Hilton eager and his terrible temper? Just then the front door opened, and Nicky came in. He was whistling. His mother called out, How was Roscoe, Nicky? Oh, he's okay, said Nicky. We played a couple of games of darts. How are his legs? asked his father. They're pretty scratched up, said Nicky. I'm going to ride him to school on my handlebars tomorrow. Did you apologize to him? asked his mother. Yes, I did, said Nicky cheerfully. He was real nice about it, but his dad gave me an awful bawling out. For a couple of minutes, I thought he was going to sock me. Mrs. Eager wouldn't speak to me at all, at first, but after I apologized, she made us some cocoa. She's awful nice. Well, I got two more pages of geography to do. Good night. Rather self-unconsciously, he kissed his mother and father, something he hadn't done for weeks. In fact, ever since he had become a big, swaggering bully. The next morning at breakfast, Mrs. Semicolon gave Nicholas another leadership pill. Later, she was pleased to see how cheerfully he helped Roscoe onto the handlebars of his bicycle. When he came home from school, he said, Say, Mom, these brogues are really too heavy for school. Do you suppose I could have some new patrol boots? I'll ask your father, she said. After he had changed into his play clothes, his mother asked him where he was going, and he said, I told Sivia I'd help her patch the tire on her bike. In about half an hour, it was back with Sylvia, her little sister and Roscoe, leaving them outside on the porch. He came in and whispered excitingly to his mother, who was making apple turnovers. Say, Mom, would you care if I gave my old trike 
to Sylvia's little sister. Hers is all rusty, and anyway, it's too little, and Sylvia and Roscoe and I are going to paint it up for the baby. I think that would be very nice, said Mrs. Semicolon. Your old tricycle is out in the garden house. Say, that would be a good place to paint the other tricycle. You could put all that garden stuff down in the cellar. Oh, boy! Nicky hugged his mother so hard that he got flour on his hair. By the way, he said as he went out the door, I asked a boy in my room to come over and play. His name's Jimmy Gopher. He had to go home and ask his mother, Send him out to the garden house when he comes, will ya? Jimmy Gopher, who came streaking up on his bicycle about ten minutes later, was as big and strong and husky as Nicky. He also had red hair and freckles. Mrs. Semicolon was a little worried, for fear he and Nicky might not be nice to the smaller children, who now included Sylvia, her little sister, her little brother, Roscoe and Adam Twins, who were only four, and Priscilla Wicks, who was seven. She kept looking out of the kitchen window anxiously, but everything seemed to be very peaceful. For a while they all carried things from the garden house to the cellar. Then Sylvia came in for a broom and dustpan. Priscilla Wicks wanted a pan of water and a cloth to wash the windows. Jimmy Gopher wanted to know where the turn turpentine was, and Roscoe wanted some steel wool to take the rust off the tricycle. After 4.30, Mrs. Semicolon put nine apple turnovers on a plate and was about to carry them to the children when she heard a commotion and looked out to see Jimmy Gopher put out his foot and trip Priscilla, who was carrying the pan of water. She fell flat, slopped water all over her play clothes, and began to cry. Jimmy laughed uproariously. Hurriedly, Mrs. Semicolon went to the cupboard and got out one of the leadership pills, picking up the plate of turnovers and the pill she opened the back door. She couldn't believe her eyes or ears. Nicky, her own Nicky, the former bully, was helping Priscilla to her feet and wiping her tears. He was also saying sternly to Jimmy, Listen, Jim, Priscilla's littler than you are, and she's a girl. Nobody in our club hits girls or little kids. If you want to hit somebody, hit me if you can. Jimmy said sulkily, Aw, I didn't hurt her. She's just an old baby. I am not, Priscilla said. I'm the pitcher on the neighborhood baseball team, but you got my play coat all wet, and I'm going to tell my father, and he'll make mashed potatoes out of you. Sylvia's little sister said, He will, too. He's big. Mrs. Semicolon said, How about a hot apple turnover? Hot diggity zowie, oh boy, the children cried as they crowded around her. She gave them each a turnover, but before she gave Jimmy his, she tucked a little leadership pill inside the crust. While the children were eating their little pies, she took Priscilla's coat and put it on the hall radiator to dry and got one of Nicky's play jackets for her to wear. There was no more trouble, and just before the children had to go home for dinner, Sylvia came excitedly in and asked Mrs. Semicolon to come to the studio and see her little sister's old tricycle, which they had painted a beautiful bright red with silver handlebars and silver spokes of the wheels. The old garden house looked beautiful. 
The windows were shiny clean. The floor was swept, and Nicky and Jim had made a table out of two sawhorses and some old boards. This is our work table, they told her proudly. Little Roscoe eager said, We got a club, Mrs. Semicolon, and we're all members, and it's to fix bicycles and stuff like that. Priscilla said, We're going to call it the Neighborhood Children's Club. Nick's the president, Jimmy said, and I'm the supervisor because I'm awful good at mechanics and fixing things. I'm the secretary, said Sylvia. I'm going to keep notes and make lists of the work we have to do. I'm the treasurer, Priscilla said. I collect the dues and take the money when we sell lemonade and stuff like that. I'm the salesman, Roscoe said. I go around and find work for us to do. We're the helpers, said Adam Twins and Sylvia's little sister. We run home and get Daddy's hammer. Well, I'll be in charge of refreshments, said Mrs. Semicolon. And so will I, said Mrs. Eager, who had come over to find Roscoe and had been standing on the stoop listening. I think that the Neighborhood Children's Club is such a wonderful idea. I'm going to bake brownies for tomorrow's meeting. And, said Mrs. Semicolon, I'm going to scout around and see if I can find some furniture for the clubhouse. I'm sure I've got an old kitchen table and four chairs up in the attic. And, Mom, would you care if we have a fire in the fireplace on cold days, Nicky asked, if we put up a fire screen? And we're very, very careful. I have an old grate they can have, said Mrs. Eager, and if they burn coal and use the fire screen, I think it would be quite safe, don't you, Charlotte? Nick and I'll watch out for the little kids, said Jimmy earnestly. After all, we're the oldest and biggest. Well, the neighborhood children's club grew and grew. Different mothers gave them furniture. They even had an old couch and some dishes and cookies and apples and cider and peanuts and popcorn. Mr. Semicolon built the boys a fine tool bench and gave them some of his older tools. Even Mr. Eager, who was very good carpenter, controlled his terrible temper and came over and helped them build a porch. The Adams twins' mother, who used to be an artist, painted them a beautiful sign with smiling little children holding up red letters that spelled out Neighborhood Children's Club. The day they put up the sign, they invited Mrs. Pigglewiggle over for tea. Mrs. Semicolon had made a coconut cake, and Mrs. Eager brought over a big plate of fudge. There was a nice fire in the fireplace and pink and white check tablecloth on the old kitchen table, which Sylvia and Priscilla had painted pink. The only trouble was that the paint wasn't dry and the tablecloth stuck. In fact, they never could get it off, but it certainly looked pretty that day. Just before she went home, Mrs. Pigglewiggle went in to see Mrs. Semicolon. Mrs. Semicolon said, Oh, Mrs. Pigglewiggle, I'll never be able to thank you, never. Mrs. Pigglewiggle said, Don't thank me. Thank Mr. Pigglewiggle for leaving me that old sea chest full of magic cures for children. It was one of the finest things he ever did. Oh, by the way, asked Mrs. Semicolon, I have quite a few leadership pills left. Let me get them for you. Why don't you just keep them, said Mrs. Pigglewiggle. I have lots more, with children moving into the neighborhood and a clubhouse in your backyard. They might come in very handy. Well, I have used them on two older children. I mean, besides Nicky, said Mrs. Semicolon. 
Oh, Mrs. Piggle Wiggle, I'm very proud of Nicky. He's so patient and kind to little children. Of course he is, said Mrs. Piggle Wiggle. Down inside he probably always was. It's just that sometimes, with children, especially boys, their bodies grow faster than their patience and kindness. All leadership pills do is even things up. Of course, having that wonderful clubhouse helps a lot. Busy children are happy children, and happy children are seldom quarrelsome. As Mrs. Piggle Wiggle walked off down the street in the dusk, her dog wag on the side, and Lightfoot the cat on the other, Mrs. Semicolon wiped her eyes with a corner of her apron and said to nobody in particular, There goes the most wonderful little person in the whole world.